There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. We will continue exploring, discovering new worlds, new civilizations. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a podcast on all shows in the Star Trek universe. On the Fangirl Zone, I'm Richard Dave, and joining me on the mission into the unknown is... I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and today we'll be discussing Episode 6 of Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery. Woohoo! Initial thoughts. Well, let's see. I thought it was very good. I did I had, too. I can't help but compare to the other show we're doing now, The Mandalorian, and this this episode had what I thought the Mandalorian lacked, and that's like agency amongst the characters. There were there were stakes in the plot and stakes for everyone's motivation and actions in the episode, and it made it entirely believable and, you know, someone you wanted to, to root for. Right. So if you're wondering, yes, I just dissed the Mandalorian episode. <laughs> I'm sure everyone loved the pieces. Right. But yeah, this was an excellent episode. I was totally into it because it was great storytelling. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And of course, we got some things that we weren't really expecting and some things that we did expect. And yeah. I'm interested to see where Burnham's story is going to go to next. Yeah, me too. Definitely had two of the, two of the closest people to her have trust issues with her right and especially with the next episode you think that burnham is going to be there <laughs> yeah well spoiler alert in case anybody wants to skip ahead and hadn't seen the the trailer for next week but she's either in or out of uniform and i know she's in it part of the time so right who knows where they're going with her yep she's definitely a wild card though which is kind of i don't know a little disappointing yep we've got a giorgio influence going on there <laughs> I guess. That's one of the people that doesn't trust her, though. Right. I thought that was a little unnecessary. We'll get to that. But that was, I mean, she's talking about someone in the Terran universe. Right. Well, let's get into episode six, Scavengers. After receiving a message from Book, Burnham and Giorgio embark on a rogue mission to find him, leaving Saru to pick up the pieces with Admiral Vance. Meanwhile, Stamets forms an unexpected bond with Adira. I wouldn't call it that unexpected. <laughs> yeah, but that was uh, that was created. Uh, I think really did a good job with that too. It just didn't like appear out of nowhere. We expect them to be friends or connect. They they connect, and the stakes worked in that one too. Yes, absolutely, so, it did. Yeah, yeah. So let's start out with a new discovery. Three weeks after the previous episode, Siru introduces us to the 32nd century Starfleet's newest vessel, the USS Discovery. A A is an action baby. <laughs> the refit from the NCC 1031A comes equipped with the updated internal system programmable matter and detached nacelles to improve maneuverability and performance. 
<laughs> I thought to myself, how do you improve maneuverability when you have a sport drive? You can skip from one part of the uh, galaxy to the next. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe it'll be just if they ha- happen to get into a, a dogfight that. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that's it too. Better maneuverability. <laughs> yeah. I-, I would like them to explain how that improves. Yes. <laughs> maneuverability. <laughs> if you detach them, what's the, what difference does it make? I don't know. I'm nitpicking. Anyway, Admiral Vance oversees a meeting to hand out assignments to the fleet's captains, announcing that Saru Starship will be held in reserve as a rapid response unit in case tensions with the Emerald Chain flare up again at Argath. Now, one guy had a problem with that, too. He goes, rapid response? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Got a problem with that, dude? <laughs> Discovery A's crew receives their own upgrades from Lieutenant Willa in the form of state-of-the-art com badges that feature integrated hollow pads, tricorders, communicators, and personal transporters. All very cool, except for one person on board who doesn't know how to use his personal transporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least he doesn't do it. Lines doesn't do it in mid-sneeze, too, when he's, like, throwing boogers on everybody uh, as he yeah. bounces around. He oh. pop up. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, apparently the 32nd century is not as bad on his sinuses as. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Lucky him. I'm cured. The bridge consoles now include programmable matter that reads each officer's bioscience and adapts their individual needs. I like, uh, who is it the uh, who is that does all the steering of the ship Detmer. there? Yeah, Detmer De- didn't like it. <laughs> no, yeah, Detmer. Yeah, do we really need this? Yeah, <laughs> yes, Detmer. <laughs> Stop. You don't have to fight everything. Yeah, Owo was oh. just psyched oh. about it. Oh, this is so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I-, I thought Joanne. Uh, really got into it too yeah you know she should have had her uh reaction yeah the other guy goes hell yeah we need this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good toy and it's cool and I, I she said not only is it cool to touch but it's just playing cool anyway i think so the, the ship picks up a hailing signal from the queen no not the board queen it's the other queen grudge <laughs> the <laughs> captain cat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> books nautilus arrives on autopilot to deliver a hall recording of book who never returned to his vessel after going to the hunt in search of a black box that might prove a clue to the cows of the burn. Now, that's what I call a boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in a new quadrant. I think I'm going to go out and do your stuff for you. Yep. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and it was awesome that he was able to, you know, set up the programming to have his ship find Discovery. Yeah, yeah, with the, with the cat in charge. Yes. <laughs> that was so great when them, uh, they, I know. they answered the hail and there's Grudge going, yeah. What is that? <laughs> I managed to out-cute uh, the Mandalorian on that one not yes. easy <laughs> so if the, we're talking about the burn a cataclysmic event that occurred simultaneously throughout the galaxy every starship's black box should have terminated at the same instant aha however two black boxes that Burnham had found during her year long alone did not sync up and a third device would indicate a potential point of origin for the burn and allow the crew to uh, triangulate the coordinates I was watching that and I said you want to find a point of origin just look in the mirror yeah lady <laughs> It's all your fault. <laughs> so said I. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if it takes them back to uh, <laughs> the planet where they uh, where she landed on. Yeah, or back in time. I keep uh, my my spidey sense keeps going off about having to do some time traveling. Also, right. in, re- in regards to Philippa, she may need to go somewhere <laughs> to fix something. Orders? What orders? Saru informs Burnham that, as per Vance's orders, Discovery must stay at Federation headquarters in case of an emergency at Argus. But number one goes behind his back to recruit George 
Sergio for an unsanctioned rescue mission. You had me at unsanctioned mission. Yes. <laughs> Duo grabbed the Nautilus and set course for Hunan, a trip that furnishes Georgia with the opportunity to taunt Burnham about her feelings <laughs> for Buck. I know, what a nice friend. Yeah, at least he's <laughs> not Ash Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I know. First officer gets an excellent verbal jab of her own. Your emotional spectrum runs from cranky to homicidal, but things turn serious when the former Terran Emperor briefly experiences what appears to be a traumatic flashback. Kind of a bloody one, too. Yes. I think in the second flashback, we saw a knife. Is is this a reference to the other Michael? I don't know if it's a Michael or if it's another child that Giorgio had. It kind of sounded yeah. like she said son at one time. And maybe she, when she was rising to power, somebody, one of her competitors, offed her son. Yeah. But I don't know why that would suddenly tra- traumatize her. Is that something we saw in the last episode? Or like- well, no. We just, the only thing that we noticed with her was when Burnham caught her in the hall and she just didn't respond for a while. So she may have been seeing yeah. that. But Giorgio says they've been happening for a, a couple of weeks and they see. You know, I thought it was something that someone got in her head last week and elicited all these feelings. Oh, and I now she can't get rid of Kovic did something. Yeah. I, 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 but what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe, you know, Rabbit maybe hole. it's because the universes are getting further away. It's causing more of uh, her repressed memories to come out. I don't. It, it's curious as hell. That's for sure. Yeah, I suspect Kovic too. He he must have done something to her. Yes. Hmm, we'll see. Yep. Now Burnham and Giorgio arrive at Hunhan as a planet controlled by the Orion and Dorian Syndicate Emerald Chain that salvages old starship wrecks for scrap. Giorgio poses as a buyer to Tolar, an Orion official who happens to be Osiris's nephew. How convenient. Man. <laughs> I was just gonna say Giorgio was uh ripping off the one liners in this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> when she first saw him as a, a hologram message and then <laughs> person wow yeah it never stopped and thank god she was with burnham because there's no way they'd have pulled this off without her the terran easily outwits the overseer much as she did with zareth back in far from home tolar shows the two undercover officers about the facility but the only thing Giorgio intends on buying is time for michael to locate but burnham finds her friend among the syndicate slave laborers where tolar ruthlessly executes one of book's compatriots for stealing a water ration. God, that was grisly. Yes. That was grisly. Make him run while shooting at him, and as soon as he gets to the fence, off with his head. Oh, God. And of course, <laughs> Philippa goes, hey, I want one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course she does. Where can, can I buy that? <laughs> uh, of course, Book and Burnham reunite to hatch an escape plan that will free the operation's entire workforce. And of course, Book wasn't too happy that she was there because hmm. he had made some plans himself to do the get this escape out. But of course, it sure looked like they needed he needed their help to yeah. make it happen. Yeah, because Giorgio fashions an impromptu weapon, but she and Burnham are captured by the regulators. Of course, Tolar plays right into the pair's plan when he brings them aboard the Nautilus to steal the ship's dilithium supply as Book and his Andorian friend Wren 
Launch a diversionary escape attempt. <laughs> Not too bright, Tolar. The Terran is momentarily incapacitated by another flashback, but she recovers just in time to help Burnham retrieve Tolar's control device and deactivate the facility's deadly perimeter shield. Yeah, bad time to have a breakdown. Yeah, real bad time. <laughs> One of those just in the nick of time she regains consciousness. Yeah. Ren endures a significant wound from a regulator's weapon, but Giorgio and Burnham arrive with the Nautilus and transport Buck and the Andorian to safe. Of course, they sure did a lot of shooting and bringing this place to its knees. That was awesome. Yes, it I, was. I, I love the way that thing comes out of the, I mean, it turns, you know, Sideways. vertical. Yes. yes. <laughs> it comes out of the mist and starts blasting those energy bolts and then it turns around, reforms and starts blasting them back. That was totally kick-ass. Yes, it was. Having successfully obtained the black box, Michael confronts Giorgio and discovers that the disposed <coughs> emperor is not sure what is causing her debilitating episode. Kovic, Kovic. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he seemed to have a thing for the Terran Empire. Oh, absolutely. I wonder. Well, we haven't heard from them in 500 years. You liar. <laughs> he might be a Terran himself. Yeah, Third he might. Of, that was there when Giorgio was emperor. I can oh, see Boy, that. I wonder. Yeah. Anyway, the cat's out of the bag. Back on Discovery, Tilly learns that Burnham has left when she finds grudge in her quarters while Gray's mysterious visage attempts to convince Adira to do more than eat, sleep, and work. Probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Be sociable. Yeah, I like how Tilly's not a cat person. That's a huge cat. She picks up that cat and like, oh my God, that thing's huge. Yes, it is. I love how I walked all <laughs> over. Where'd they find bag? that? It's like a small lion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The human host to the Tal Symbian shows off a new spore drive interface to Stamets, who can now operate the propulsion system by using nanogel instead of the forearm shunts. <laughs> That's cool. And she she has to tell him that, uh, don't worry, it's not going to stick. Right, yeah. You take your hands <laughs> Oh, good, thank you. <laughs> so Saru finds out that Burnham's disappearance and questions Tilly, who surprisingly recommends that the captain secure Vance's trust by informing him about the first officer's insubordination. Well, true that. Yeah, even though she does tell Saru that if I was in her position, I'd probably done the same thing. And Saru thought, goes, oh, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I thought she was going to whisper, besides the book as a, as a hunk, of course I would. Yeah. <laughs> but she's a good uh, crewmate. Yeah. She, she realizes her yeah. first responsibility is to the rest of the crew not to go gallivanting about the galaxy. Right. And this would definitely have uh, probably uh, caused a, a major issue with Vance if Saru didn't go tell Vance what had happened. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't trust anybody on the ship. She could rightfully relieve him of command to have somebody else take over. Oh, yeah. They had just fixed that. Hmm. Anyway, on the lighter side of things, Stamet provides a friendly face and a safe outlet for Adira, who divulges Gray's ongoing prison to the astromycologist. Yeah, I know. We didn't get to see a lot of book slash, I mean, a book, Buck. Sam did it anyway. (laughs) Buck Buck slash Gray there. I I wondered in the previous episode if we were going to see the character, but we did, you know, brief cameo here and there. Nice blue hair. Burnham and Book. Great scene between the two, that's for sure, because Stamets actually discovers that not only are they both extremely intelligent, Mm. but they also have a a commonality that they lost someone that they love. Right. And that just adds depth to the character, which is that agency I spoke of uh, to start the episode. It was very, very well written, I think. Yep. Burnham and Book share a passionate kiss (laughs) in the turbo left before the first officer must leave to face the consequences of dissipating orders. But don't don't forget that Linus had to make. Ah. Yeah. Uh, an appearance, too. 
Oh, sorry. Were you guys going to kiss? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops. Anyway, Vance's anger boils, but he leaves Burns' punishment to Saru's discretion. And in a gripping moment, Saru declares that he no longer trusts Michael enough to have her continue to serve as number one. Shlucky didn't end up in a in a brig. Right. Yeah. If she wouldn't have saved lives, she probably would have. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that if Vance said, if you would have brought me this information, I might have approved you going. Yeah. She's her own worst enemy. <laughs> I wonder, what's your deal, lady? <laughs> and although Burnham agrees with her captain's decision, the episode ends as she ominously removes her Starfleet badge. But as, spoiler, we discussed earlier, she seemed to be in uniform. Did you notice when uh, they had the bed scene between uh, Stamets and Culber, they had uh, Starfleet pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> they had the little, did you notice that? The little insignias on them? Yes, yeah. yes. I wonder if that worked. <laughs> I have a suggestion as who the no, new number one should be. Okay. I'm picking Nielsen. Right. Lieutenant Nielsen, that is. Why not? Yeah. He seems capable. Yeah. Yeah, there's well, been a lot of thoughts flying around on, on who should be the new number one. Yeah. Would you pick uh, Detmer at all? Not right now, no. Not right now. <laughs> she's probably uh, capable, too, but she's got her own issues to deal with. Yeah, that she's still dealing with, so yeah. I, I don't think she'd want to leave the bridge either, at least in her, I mean, her current capacity. I'm driving this ship. Right. And I saw Everything. some people suggest that Willa should be the next one come out of Starfleet Command and back onto a ship, but yeah, perhaps. would the crew actually trust her enough right now? At least she was decent to everybody this right. week. Yeah, drip, Dripping with sarcasm and snark. <laughs> so you want to get to some Easter eggs? Sure. Tinfoil hat theories? I think I just spoiled my tinfoil hat theory that Nielsen should be number one, the new number one. We'll see. Discovery joins the list of Starfleet vessels which retain their call numbers instead of appended with an alphabetical suffix to indicate the which generation she is. In this case, it symbolizes the recommissioning of a new era. Hence, uh, Discovery A, or 10, what was it, 1033A? Yeah. Does this mean that the, the Voyager J is actually the original ship? And I know what the J stands for, Steve. What? Joyride. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take this baby out and see what she can do. Exactly. Oh, uh, the orbital graveyard around Hunhao boasts plenty of pre-burned vessels ranging from the 23rd century medical frigates like Reno's USS Hiawatha to, to the Cardenas like Lorca's USS Buran and a Hoover class like the USS DeMilo from the escape art ships. Interesting. It's hard to pick out all that stuff. and I mean, it's just junk everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Was it? I, I saw some... Ships, you know, they're holding them in like some type of stasis above the scavenge right. center. Yep. They sent that one crashing into the scavenge center. What that didn't seem to be a, a Starfleet ship, though. Did it seem that way to you? I kind of thought it might have been. Yeah, might have been that uh, the Hiawatha. Oh, okay. Frigate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they all kind of look like like the Mandalorian ship <laughs> pieces <Yes>. hanging <laughs> hanging off of left and right. Yeah, very rusted, decrepit-looking uh, ships. Yeah, that's for sure. Yep. I mean, how would you even consider buying a spare part off of one of those things? I know. Yeah, I thought about that briefly too. Like, who in the 32nd century needs? Spare parts from something that old. Yes. What's your collectible matter? To yeah. Anything. Oh, well, self-sealing stem bolts, part of Michael and Giorgio's cover story, are of course from a Deep Space Nine story involving Jake and Nog. Got to have them self-sealing bolts. Yes. <laughs> Band says, make sure they clear the ship before they do any baryon sweep, a process first seen in the next generation Starship Mine. Yep, I remember that one. Oh, yeah. They barely the, got it stopped before they yes. put the card out. <laughs> yeah. 
the nephew also showed up. That nephew, he's still alive. Oh yeah, it's somewhere. So <laughs> we're going to see a Tolar. We're going to see him again. And he, I don't think he likes being called a meat sack. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, who's the meat sack now? Shut up. Then he also showed up. It looked like a Type Two Starfleet phaser from the Next Generation movie era. But Georgia said it wasn't authentic. <laughs> somebody, I think there was somebody on Twitter said, "How does she know?" Yeah, how <laughs> would she have <laughs> any clue? <laughs> yeah, unless she's hmm. done a lot of studying about our uh, galaxy. Yeah. So. Rin, also Rin. I didn't know whether to like or hate the guy. I, I felt badly for him, though. Right. And Dorn, played by Noah Averbach Katz, who's the real life husband of Mary Wiseman. Got you a job, honey. Yes. <laughs> At least for one episode. You'd like to be on an episode? <laughs> Thanks, sweetie. Yep. Just what we needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some feedback to this time. So let's start with our friend Fred from the Netherlands and see what he thinks about the episode. All right. Hello, Steve and Dave. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Episode 6. Very nice episode. I really liked that Book is back. I wonder how long he will stay around. I think he will pop up now and then. Just not every episode. I don't know if I like it that he is back too much in the sense of being romantically involved with Burnham. When Linus popped up in that elevator, I thought, okay, now it's over. And I really wondered actually if this was the very first time they kissed or that in that one year they spent together, they already had something going on. On the other hand, if it has to happen, then it is perhaps better like this. When the interruption of Linus would have led to not going on with the possible kiss, it could have been stretched out for more than a few episodes, and I think then it's better like this. So I'm happy they did go on. And they didn't stretch it. I liked the episode actually quite a lot. But what I thought was quite misplaced was the scene with Tilly and Grudge. Georgiou and Michael are traveling towards this planet where Book is. And suddenly we get a cat scene in between. Which says nothing different than Michael is missing. And that's it. And furthermore it's a scene for cat lovers or something like that. One of the strongest scenes is the scene with. Culber and Stamets in bed where he reflects on his discussion with Idira so that they both deal with somebody they love that died but is still there. Really, really nice connection. No idea what the memory-like flashes Georgiou has mean but it looks a little bit like an embryo or she lost an embryo or had a miscarriage or something like that. Big question is why she gets this now and here. Burnham really has problems with the Starfleet straight jacket and when she takes off her comb badge at the end I really wonder if she is considering just to leave Starfleet and go with Book pursuing her own plans to find out what happened in the burn. That's all for now. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Well, thank you very much, Fred, as always, for such wonderful feedback. He pretty much anticipated everything we said. <laughs> yeah, he really did. It's like, has Fred been time traveling? He brought up all the points we just covered. Yeah, I, with the thought of Burnham leaving Starfleet, I don't really think so. I'm, I'm kind of conflicted because on one hand, yeah, I could see her taking off with Buck. Yeah, I think they did have a relationship in that year. That wasn't I their, think so, too. Yeah, I don't think that was the first kiss. <laughs> but I can't see Book 
staying on Discovery for Burnham. Right. So it, it's definitely going to be a conflict that Burnham's really going to have to think long and hard on. And by the time she comes to a decision, it's very possible that Vance will have already gone through the black box that she recovered and have the triangulation they need to find the origin of the burn. Yeah. And then there's no reason for her to leave because they can just zip right out there and try to figure it out. So who knows? Well, last week we we started talking about, and it's another spoiler alert for next week's episode. We we were talking about, well, I I brought up like, she's kind of betrayed her Vulcan heritage. What happened to the rational side? And I think she's going to get in contact with that next episode. It's very possible. Yeah. And the grudge scene with Tilly probably was a little misplaced, but it was awesome to see. (laughs) Yeah. Not a cat person. Yeah. Don't don't go under my bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we definitely agreed that the Stamets and Culber scenes were really good. And the Stamets and Adira scenes were really good. Yeah, I like the faces he makes anyway. Yes. <laughs> Stamets, that is. He always narrows his eye like, what? <laughs> Well, as always, Fred, we appreciate your feedback and looking forward to hearing from you again. Yeah, thanks for spying on us, too. Telepathically, somehow. (laughs) And guess who's back with some feedback? Once again, Jazz has given us some feedback for this episode, so let's hear what she thinks. All right. Hello, this is Jazz, and this is my review for Discovery of Season 3, Episode 6. My first favorite quote was, You had me at unsanctioned mission, which I thought was cool. And I love the grudge came back to Michael, and I wondered how that was possible unless Book put a homing beacon on her, since nobody's supposed to know where the Starfleet headquarters is, so I thought that was interesting. Tilly was asking Grudge, did you eat her? Where's Michael? I like that. Remember, she has a thyroid condition, and Michael probably gave Tilly Grudge because she trusts her, and once Saru told Tilly, you know, do you know where she is? And she's like, no, I got the cat, that's it. He's like, well, I knew she was gonna do this. She left without authorization. She's like, oh shit! He's like, my sentiments and Exactly. (laughs) I love that. I love the fact that book inspires others to keep moving and to stay alive and to keep hope. I like that a lot. I don't think he would have made it actually out of that prison on his own. And by disobeying orders, Michael will probably be court-martialed again unless she gives Starfleet and Saru something really good. And even then, she broke his heart and his trust. So I doubt she'll be number one, which turned out to be true. And to Michael's credit, she told Saru that he was right in her demotion. Maybe Tilly will be groomed to be the number one because I really can't see him pointing Jaru to be his number one. She's no longer very trustworthy. Michael took off her badge, so maybe she'll take a leave of absence in the next episode to go with Book on a quest about the burn. And my next thought was, where's Grudge? I'm hoping it's on a ship with Book. You know, Tilly was probably like, here's your cat back. And I love how Adira found a friend in Stamets and he was nice and funny and less of a jerk, so that was all very cool. I enjoyed the excitement of this episode. They did well with their special effects. I was very impressed with everything. I like the upgrades that Discovery got and now they can play around with the detachable whatever cells that are on the 
side of the ship. So I think they're all very awesome. And it was neat that the, let's see, Stamets doesn't have to have those prickly things in his wrist anymore because Adira was able to get them out. Evidently, he didn't like those. And now he has a, a gooey interface, literally, with the spore drive. That's tech humor for you. And enjoyed it very much. So this is Jazz signing off. Thanks. Well, thank you, Jazz, for your lovely feedback. And she touched on a couple things that we did in the episode, that's for sure. How is it all our uh, our feedback people are mind readers? <laughs> How just, is that? They just know us too well, I guess. I guess. <laughs> True fans. Yeah, the question about Burnham uh, taking an LOA is definitely one that has us a little concerned if she might go that way. Yeah, just can't have in your you can't have can't have anyone on the crew, let alone your first officer, going off on their own anytime she feels like it. Right, and having Burnham separated from the discussion really worked in the first two episodes having them separated well i don't think that if burnham leaves that they'll start this back and forth every other episode burnham episode a discovery episode a burnham episode a discovery episode i Mm. don't think i see that happening but i guess it's possible it's possible i don't think i'd prefer that no i don't think so either Yeah, hopefully this next episode will bring Burnham around. And if, like I said, the the black box does give them exactly what they needed to find out that there was actually a point of origin on the burn, that might be all that Burnham needs to stick around is, okay, we know we can start investigating now. Yeah. Now, it, one of the be I wanna... discovery that has to do it, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're going to tease that, find out what's on there, but no, they don't tell the viewing audience. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have to look a little more. Oh, we have to send this ship here. Oh, I didn't quite get all the information we wanted. <laughs> Well, he can't have all the answers at once. No, you can't. And we're just now almost halfway through the season. So I would Mm. be very surprised if we solve the burn question this early. Yeah, I would save it for the last one, actually. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) That'll raise the stakes. Yep. And all the new... Did you see... Go ahead. Yeah, go... I would say, did you see the uh, listing for an episode in January of next year? No, I haven't. Is there? Yeah, it was on... uh, I saw it on IMDb, unless IMDb got it wrong. Well, let's see. We've still got seven episodes left. So, yeah, I guess that would run into January because we're almost to December. So, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. I see an episode on the 31st and then another episode on January 7th called Outside. Huh. Huh. Yeah. (laughs) All righty. Yeah, and Jazz, I do think the upgrades are going to be a whole lot of fun to see the crew get used to, especially Linus and his uh, <laughs> personal transporter. Hopefully, he'll get that under control pretty quickly because I don't think that joke could. <laughs> I know. Unless he ends up in Willa's Willa's chambers accidentally. Oh yeah. hi, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you were. I didn't mean to be here. Um, you can put that back on. Uh oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless he secretly seeing Giorgio. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, if he does it for the 12th time, like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, not an accident anymore. Right. Yeah. He gets all sexified to <laughs> yeah. pop into her quarters and she yeah. pops uh, into Saru's quarters or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, 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 man. That would be awesome. That would creep me out. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Jazz, it's glad to have you back with providing some feedback. We missed you last week, and hopefully we'll have you for the rest of the ride this season. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season and looking forward to interacting on social media with all the great fans. How can the fans interact with us, Dave? You can go to the www.fangirlzone.com and click on the contact link where you'll find several ways to contact us via email or through social media. On Twitter, he's at Sawyer Steve, and I'm the real ID Dave. Please review and rate us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on as good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us as there are a lot of other Star Trek Discovery podcasts out there. Tell your friends and we hope you're enjoying our podcast and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. The seventh episode is on November 26th and is titled Unification 3. So until then, remember, this is Chief Engineer Steve. Your emotional spectrum runs from cranky to homicidal that was a great line yes (laughs) and this is redshirt dave and i may be a meat sack but i love me